Hi, I'm Alan Weiss with The Uncomfortable Truth, and The Uncomfortable Truth this week is, what criminal designed prisons? Here's what I mean. Dostoevsky said once that you can tell the degree of a civilization of a society by entering its prisons. If people from another world entered the prisons in the United States, they would think they were in a depraved society. Rehabilitation is the last thing on people's minds. Our system, while giving lip service to rehabilitation, is not interested in it really at all. Prisons train minor criminals to become professional big-time criminals. It's like an apprentice. It's like a schooling. It's like being tutored. We allow rape in prisons and murder and gangs and violence and bias and bribery and hate. Now, this might be totally unfair, but from what I've seen of corrections officers, they're not the pick of the crop. I don't know who goes into the corrections business as a career, as a warden, as a jailer, as a guard, but I have to wonder who commits themselves to correctional work. Do you know that about 9 million people in the United States were released from prison last year and will be again this year? That is not an error. Nine million people. And about 68% will be rearrested and reincarnated within three years. Hence my feeling that rehabilitation ain't working. We do very little to prepare people for an honest life. There are some real success stories. But there's too much on the opposite end. Too much failure. Instead, what we're doing is we throw people into a pit, into a cesspool. We need to separate and segregate the hardcore criminals, rape, kidnapping, murder, torture, from lesser crimes. We need to put them in a different place. We need more proper and proportional sentencing. Some people have received 20 years or more for selling and using marijuana, more than some people get for manslaughter. We need less zealous prosecution. Do you know that New York City is the safest big city in the world by most indices? But the district attorney's office in New York, despite the reduction in crime, has never reduced the number of assistant district attorneys and functionaries and assistants and so on. Consequently, we have all of these attorneys vying for fewer and fewer cases. Consequently, they want to go to trial no matter what. I was involved in one case advising an attorney in New York, a defense attorney, and I said to him, this is a great offer, a great compromise. Why is the assistant prosecutor trying to go to court with it? And he told me she doesn't get much court time. She doesn't have enough court time on her resume, and she'd rather go to court with the risk of losing to get it on her credentials than settling out of court. And of course, there's always a chance by some fluke she could win and give a disproportionate sentence to someone who doesn't deserve it or even to an innocent person. We need more equal representation. I've long, long called for major law firms to provide a named partner in that firm for public defending work once a quarter. And if they all did this in every city, we'd have more equal distribution of defense justice instead of the lawyers who barely passed their bar exam, who went to obscure law schools, and who just don't know how to really handle a criminal defense. 
White-collar crime should not get special privileges. Right now, the worst case is often one worth taking, taking the risk. When I used to go to Manhattan a lot, and I used to drive once upon a time, I would park in places where I knew after a while I'd get a $20 ticket. I knew that I'd get a $20 ticket, and I also knew it was an auto zone. Because if I parked in the nearby lot, the lot was $40. And so it was easier to get the ticket and park illegally. The same thing with white-collar crime. It's easier to get the ticket than to try to do something honestly. The public needs to go inside of jails. There used to be a documentary, I think, called Scared Straight, about teenagers, about kids who went to jail. I think it was in Rawway, New Jersey. I'm not certain. And it was hair-raising. It was frightening. The public needs to see inside jails. They need to see the filth and the degradation. They need to see the violence that goes on. They need to see how inhumane these prisons are. We need to triage offenders. There's the violent and dangerous. There's those who committed serious crimes. And there's those who created nonviolent crimes. We need to have more of a separation, not a blanket approach. And it's not only us, you know. Japan has a 90% plus conviction rate by its prosecutors because its system is so skewed. And I'm talking to you about this just two or three days after Gon escaped from Japan and it wound up in Lebanon. Such were his chances, he felt, rather than trying to defend himself. He sacrificed a $9 million bond. Solitary confinement is probably the most cruel and unusual punishment in the book. And cruel and unusual punishment is forbidden by the Constitution. It's a horrible state of affairs. We can no longer afford to run crime schools behind bars. You know, we make a big deal of Felicity Huffman, an actress, serving a month in jail or doing community service or paying a $15,000 fine, because she deliberately engaged in fraud to get her daughter into a a college. And if you've ever seen or heard her daughter, you know it would take probably $15 million to get her into a good school. She's vacant. But we have no idea about someone serving five years for an error in judgment or for a victimless crime or an ethical dilemma. Anatole France said once that the law in its majestic equality forbids the rich as well as the poor to steal bread, to beg in the streets, and to sleep under bridges. That's the uncomfortable truth.